Hey guys, what's up? It's your host Dylan McKinnon here for the Dylan McKinnon Podcast, and yes, I am a narcissist, and I did name the podcast after myself. I wanted decent branding, and I was like, you know what? Simple name, let's go with it. This is the pilot episode, this podcast, so it's going to be available on iTunes and Stitcher and all the, on all the podcasting apps that can be on your mobile phone or on your PC. Uh, as of right now, this episode will probably only be up on YouTube, and it'll be up on Podbean, because I'm going to be hosting this service through this podcast on Podbean service. And then by hopefully by at least Wednesday, I'll be on iTunes and Stitcher and you'll be able to watch this wherever you want. So if also this will be uploaded to YouTube, this will be audio only. This first one I might go video for some other special episodes, but for right now it's being audio only podcast. Uh, so yeah, but you can, but you can still listen to the videos and download them off, off of YouTube. They'll be up on my channel, uh, youtube.com slash the, the Apple prodigy, or you can just, or you can just uh, search into YouTube the Dylan McKinnon podcast and find it. So this podcast we'll be talking about just whatever I really want to talk about, but we'll have more themed episodes. So my main passions are like movies and and uh, slight and also like games and uh, TV. But I'm mainly a movie guy, and then also like sports. So like basketball primarily. Like I love basketball, so I'm going to have different podcasts for both of those on this feed. And you'll know within the first, like, two minutes of the podcast whether this will be a primarily movie one or primarily a basketball one, so you'll know whether, if you want to tune in or not. So this one will be, um, this one will be all movies. I'm going to be talking about the movies I've seen this week, uh, some news that happened in the last few days, news that broke today, and then that, that's going to be it for this episode. But I just want to start off talking about why I'm doing this. I mainly just wanted to just, like, have, like, a podcast. Then This one will be about three or four times a week. Uh, so if I'm busy... It might only be two times a week, but I'm going to get at least two episodes out a week. And it's just going to be me uh, just talking for a bit. These could be solo pods. A lot of them will be solo pods, but I'm also going to have frequent guests. If you've seen, like, the Bill Simmons podcast, he ha- he's the main host, but he always has, like, friends on or guests on every episode. That's what I want this to be, but it also also be solo podcast. just depends on uh, uh, scheduling and what time I'm doing this and whether I can get a guest or not, primarily. So they'll be both hosting. Uh, so, so there'll be podcasts where I, I'm the only host and podcasts where I have a co-host as well. And the co-hosts will include some of my friends I've seen on this channel before. So should be fun. And then... Okay, so I covered all I want to introduce. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Oh, we are going to have an intro song. Soon one of my good friends is making one. He hasn't done yet. But once that's done, you will have a nice intro song to listen to like you do in a lot of other podcasts that I'm sure you listen to. Okay, so I'm going to go and start about the talk. talk I'm going to start talking about the movies that I've seen this past week. I actually saw, saw four movies, I think. So I'm going to just go through all of them and do, do my reviews for them. At first, I saw Green Room. This movie isn't out yet. This movie... Uh, comes out in limited release this weekend. Comes out t- on the twenty second. It's gonna be in Portland and Seattle, and then goes wide on the 29th. And this is written and directed by Jeremy Solner, who you might know because he wrote and directed Blue Ruin, which I've heard is very good. I have not seen that movie, but it has. It, it, I almost watched it because it was on a lot of top ten lists for the year it came out. I think it was twenty thirteen. It came out twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. A lot. A lot of people really really like that movie and this is his follow-up to it it's not a sequel but like his next film after and and 
I didn't love this movie, but I thought it was I thought it was very well done. And I saw this because there was an on campus screening at my college, and the director had a post had a post screening Q and A with him and the producer, and that was actually really cool to take part in. He had a lot of really cool answers about some of the symbolism in the film and stuff, and I was like, oh, okay. So walking away from that Q and A, I liked it. I liked it more than I did when I had watched it. But the movie for me is kind of slow at points, but it's still really well done. It's well shot. I didn't care about any of the characters really. Like, like even even when the producer in the post Q and A forgot what one of the characters' names was, like none of the characters were like anything special in this film. They're, they're, like it's if you don't know this movie, this movie is about a punk band, and I, it was actually shot in Oregon, which is actually really cool. So I was like, oh, I, I mean, I haven't been to these places, but this is like this wasn't shot in Hollywood. This was shot like in in my home state. But this follows a punk band, and they go and do a gig at a like nazi prop uh, like a nazi punk place and then they end up getting uh they they witness something so they can't leave and patrick stewart plays the boss of the cabin not it it looks like cabin from the outside but the boss of the facility that they're that they performed in and then Basically, he just, like, hires a bunch of, like, hitmen and dogs and stuff to go try to kill these people so that there aren't any witnesses. And it's about these people who is band trapped in a green room, hence the name, trying to escape this uh, this concert facility and with their lives. And it's very well done. It's very well shot. This movie is brutal. Like, extremely brutal. There's, there are a lot of shots that I was, like, squirming. And there's plenty of moments because I saw this in the packed house. There were plenty of moments where people, like, screamed, oh, shit, and they were, like, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. I was, like, this movie's a lot more gruesome than I was expecting from the trailer. The trailer looked like, okay, this will be an intense movie, but not, like, like, there's a lot of really intense things that happen in this movie, and I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, it's very well done, and, and all in all, I would recommend it. The plot is, uh, actually, the plot's not even really that predictable. I liked, um, maybe I would compare this to that I liked more was and I remember the whole movie, but there's a scene in the guest if you've seen that movie, which is starring Dan Stevens, I believe, and it's on Netflix. If you haven't seen the guest, go check it out. The movie's fantastic. And there's a and there's a scene that that like the main character is in a is in a uh, maze or like, or like a haunted house area, and it's very sus- uh, suspenseful. That's what Green Room is, but for like an hour and a half. But you don't really care about the characters that much, so it's like, oh, okay. So you're mainly just seeing it for the, for the technical aspects and how well it's, like, shot and the choreography, which is all fantastic. Uh, I would say uh, go check it out. It is from A24. They were the dis- distributors of the project, and almost every single A24 film I've seen I've liked. I loved Ex Machina. I loved The Witch. I liked Green Room. And then I loved the movie. I loved another movie that they released, which is named Krisha which I saw this week. Now, I had no idea this movie even came out. This movie's been out for, like, two weeks, I guess, and I didn't even know. But I have two independent cinemas in in, in my uh, college town, so I'm going to probably talk about a lot of independent movies on this podcast as well as big blockbusters. I, I go see all of them. So I saw Krisha because I was listen, listening to the Schmoes No podcast, and Sasha Pearl Raver said this movie was, quote, unbelievable, and I was like, oh, is it playing near me? Oh, it is. So I went and saw it the next day. And I completely agree with Sasha Pearl Rubber. This movie is fantastic. It was, it's a very low budget and small film, and it's about a girl named Krisha who 
is trying to reconnect with her with her family whom she had abandoned X X amount of years prior. And it is so well done. Uh, the use of audio in this film is is very well done. Uh, the the movie the movie works as like a taking time bomb, I guess, kind of, because uh, he uses the the director Trey Edward Schultz, who also stars in the film. He plays her uh, Krisha's son and does a does a really good job. The whole cast is fantastic, but I'll, I'll get to the main the uh, the cast later. I'll say Trey. I thought, oh yeah, uh, Trey Edward Schultz plays the son. And there's tension, of course, with her, with him, and his mother. And that tension is with everyone in this entire family. There's, like, the cast is, like, 10, 12 people. And most of the cast is just straight up, like, Trey, Trey Edward Schultz, like, friends and his family. And I didn't even know that watching the movie. I thought all these people, all these, all these people were, were just actors that were in the town. We're like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll read the movie. But then all these, all these people didn't have any acting experience, and I didn't even... It didn't even, I didn't even notice it, like, like, uh, which is a testament to how good of a director Trader Edward Schultz is. This was, this was his first feature film, and I'm going to see whatever he puts out next, because, uh, this movie, when you see it, it's, it's strikingly, it has a strikingly strong, uh, directorial voice to it, and, uh, and, like, if uh, some other filmmaker had just made this, it would have been all right, but it would not be as nearly as impactful or great as the movie that we got. And we can thank Trey Tra- Edward Schultz for that. This movie actually was at South by Southwest about a month ago, and it won both the Audience Award and the Grand Jury Award. And I, I mean, if I had seen it, I would have voted for it. I didn't go to South by Southwest. I wish I had. But I would definitely vote for this movie. This movie is fantastic. I would highly recommend it. It's also crazy because it was shot in like nine days. And I can definitely see it looking back, but it's like, it's like 85 minutes in the runtime. Uh, it's paced very well. When the movie ends, I was like, oh my, it's over. Like, I I was never once like, oh, is the movie almost over? No, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. And even when like everything seems all right, there's still this strange tension built. And I'm not even sure how he even was able to get that. Or how he was even able to develop it, but Schultz did. And I wanted to find his Twitter account so I could thank him. I wanted to say how, how much I love the movie, but I don't think he's on Twitter. And I was like, come on, man. Like, see your time to shine. He was on Twitter, so that was sad. But d- go see Krisha if you haven't. It is one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. I think it's the only movie I think I've liked more than Krisha is The Witch. Uh, which I, The Witch, I can rave about for so long. I, I adored The Witch. It's fantastic. But we're not going to talk about The Witch. I might talk about The Witch when I see it again on Blu-ray, though. Uh, next one we're going to talk about was I saw Hardcore Henry. Uh, this movie was shot in the first-person view the entire time. So it's basically, basically, basically like, the main protagonist is a GoPro. And it's very much, like, in... It's like, it was like watching an FPS Let's Play without the, like, audio commentary by the... Let's player. So 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 it was like watching a like like a cheesy eighties FPS walkthrough, but with super realistic graphics. And if you look at it from that from that point of view, I would say the movie succeeds. Uh, the character the characters are pretty dull, and the plot's not that not very interesting, which is one the worst part of it. The, or like the characters are the worst part. Like Charlotte Copley is good, and he's the only good character. And he, I'm not even sure like what he was even really doing too much. Like I understand. I don't want to spoil anything, but like. The movie doesn't really explain anything until the last 25, 30 minutes. 
and you go, oh, okay, but for the first, like, hour, you're like, why, why, what's even going on in this movie? And things aren't what they seem, so I will say, like, the plot was clever in that aspect, and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense, and when things were explained, I liked the movie a lot better. But there were plenty of portions I wasn't really enjoying that much, but I don't think, I don't think if you grew up on video games, you're not, you, I don't think you'll get sick. I didn't get sick at all watching this film. I thought I was going to, and I didn't. I was like, oh, okay, cool. The stunt work in this film is some of the best I've ever seen, actually. There, uh, if you've seen the trailer, there's the there's the chase sequence where he where he's on top of the car and then he and then he falls onto the uh, motorcycle. And it was like that was probably the second best sequence in the entire movie. I would say the last fifteen minutes of this movie is also great. Like the last fifteen minutes, I was like, oh, I can see why this movie has like good reviews because when I saw it, it had an eighty-four percent. And now it's at a 51%, which I think is fair. It's it's a really... This movie is like the definition of, of you'll love it or you'll hate it. And I guess I, I didn't love it. I guess I'm in the middle, so it might not be the definition of you'll love it or you'll hate it. But I can see I can definitely see both sides very easily, and I'm in the middle of that. Like, there are parts I love, there are parts I was pretty bored during, and I was like, is this movie over yet? But then, but then I always got back into it. So I, I can't say I would, like, recommend this film, but I would say it is, like, worth seeing. So if you, like, pay $2 for, like, a Redbox rental and you just want to try out this movie, because it, 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 it is a gimmick movie. The whole POV thing is a gimmick. But the gimmick, I think, was done well. So I can't trash it for that gimmick. Because the action sequences are fantastic. There's only one shot in the entire movie that I was like, I was like that looks awful. And it was because the stunt that... Because the explosions that they had didn't go off. And they didn't have the budget to redo it when I did my research. So they had to. So they had to go out and just try to make it look as good as they could in post. And they couldn't make it look good in post, sadly. So like when you watch a movie, you're like, oh, that looks awful. But the rest of it looks looks fine. So I'm take a drink of water. Okay. So that's, that's my review of Hardcore Henry. Uh... Like the less than both Green Room and especially less than Krisha, but it's still worth watching. Just not, I'm not sure it's worth a theater experience. And next we have the movie Midnight Special. I've been very excited to watch this. I liked Mud. I didn't love Mud, and I haven't seen Take Shelter. And those were Jeff Nichols' first two films. This is his third film, or at least the third that I know of, because he only really gets. Uh, advertised for those first two films so I think it's I think that this is the third film and it's it's good uh it reminded me a lot of an 80s sci-fi film I'm actually really excited for this because Scott Mann said it was his favorite film at South by Southwest and I'm just wondering if he saw Krisha if that was the case because Krisha was fantastic and Midnight Special was like the definition of a solid film for me there's a lot of solid aspects to it a lot of what it did was effective to me but I did drift off from, like, paying attention at some points. Like, it did bore me, but then I was always back in and paying attention within, like, a minute. So it wasn't like, oh, is this movie over yet for, like, five minutes at a time, which I did in Hardcore Henry. Like, at one point, five, for five minutes, I was like, is this movie done? I'm like, oh, okay, action's happening again, because I just didn't care about the plot for Hardcore Henry. This Midnight Special, I did care about the plot. The movie starts off fantastic, and from the get-go, to tension is built, and the and the mystery of like what's actually going on is established as well. And it really is a movie that has the audience guessing. It's really only, there's a few things happen in the movie that go unexplained that bothered me. Cause it's 
like I'm totally cool they don't explain that much and it's like oh it's a it's a sci-fi fantasy film okay like like you don't have to explain everything but there's like one thing especially with Adam Driver's character where he he solves something it's not a spoiler he just he solves something and it's solved in like seven seconds of screen time and then they never explain how he got to that solution and I was like or that conclusion and it just doesn't make sense and so that was kind of weird but the rest of it was really well done the performances are great Michael Shannon as his dad Joel Edgerton as his dad's friend uh his I guess him who I'm referring to is the kid I don't know the kids I don't actually know the kid's name I'm just remember the actor but he was he was a really good child actor, and Kirsten Dunst is in this movie, and she does a really good job as well. The whole cast is great. Adam Driver, it's like, oh, it's Kylo Ren, but I've always liked Adam Driver in films, so I'll see anything Adam Driver is in. He picks he picks really good projects. So I would I would say I would recommend this film. I didn't I'm not sure I said this already, but it did remind me of an '80s sci-fi film, kind of. I, I guess I was expect, but I was expecting going into it that it would be more Spielberg liked light. And it really isn't. So, I guess I was disappointed in that regard. So, don't go in expecting a, like, first contact Spielberg film like I was. It's not that. But it is very well done. I I will say that this is a much better version of, like, Tomorrowland. uh, In terms of, not in terms of, like, what happens, but in terms of, like, the themes that it goes through. And... Like halfway through, I was like, "Oh, is this?" I was like, "Oh, is this is like Tomorrowland." It was good, and in the movie, I'm like, "Yeah, a lot of the themes that Tomorrowland tackled and did a mediocre job." I I not like Tomorrowland a lot, like at all. I was so disappointed by Tomorrowland. Midnight Special handled those themes and ideas very nicely. I thought so. I would I would recommend Midnight Special. It is worth watching. Uh, a lot of people have raved about this movie and absolutely loved it. I didn't love it. I I liked it. So I'd say it's a, it's a real solid film. You, if you check it out in theaters, you won't be disappointed. Or you might be disappointed, but you won't be like, oh, that was not worth my, like, $9 or whatever I spent. But you might, but there's a chance you'll walk out, like, loving it. And there's a chance you'll walk out like, oh, that was, it was fine. But I don't think you'll walk out not liking the movie itself, though. So that's it for the movies that I've seen this week. Now I'm going to get into some of the some of the news. Uh, so anyone that's been following following for any, any amount of time, you know that I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I talk about Star Wars like once a week on, on the Movie Backlot podcast, which is available on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, all that. If you want to check it out, and we talk about the Rogue One trailer. I just want to go through my thoughts real quick, probably like two or three minutes, because that because that news because that was like last week's news. But I just want to talk about it because I didn't talk about it on this channel yet. I, I was underwhelmed to be honest, but I still really liked it. For uh, to for some context, Rogue One was my most anticipated film of 2016 going into the year. And it has been my most anticipated film of the year ever since Star Wars Celebration of 2015, when they when they just said what what it was going to be like and how they were going to have it be like a war aesthetic, which they showed in this trailer and it looked fantastic, and how. And the DP they got, and the people, and how it's gonna be like Sam Fire Ryan and Black Hawk down in the Star Wars universe. I was like, I'm so in. 2016, most anticipated film is Star Wars Rogue One. I guess Rogue One, a Star Wars story, but I think I think Star Wars Rogue One just sounds cooler. 
And I'm also especially excited for this film because Gareth Edwards is directing. And as we saw in this, and it, this was a point that um, Jeremy Johns made in his video, and I do agree with it. He does scale very well. If you saw Godzilla, you thought Godzilla was just massive. And there's a lot of huge shit in the Star Wars universe. So, and this film is going to deal with the Death Star and the AT-ATs. We, we both saw those in the trailer. And they both looked great. The Death Star shot was fantastic. And the shot of the rebel of like the rebel group r- running towards the AT-ATs as they're shooting at them. I was like, holy shit, are we going to get a Normandy or the beaches of Normandy D-Day saving for Ryan sequence in the Star Wars universe? That's what I've, that's what I always wanted ever since they announced the deep, uh, the DP from zero dark 30 and the cast or not, or not the cast, but the crew from saving private Ryan and black Hawk down. I was like, they're doing a they're doing a straight up war film. Gareth Edwards said to himself, "We're putting the wars in Star Wars, and this is what I want to see." And that's what we got from this trailer. Now, for the things that I was like, you know, that was a wasn't as good as I as I expected. Uh, the dialogue, Forrest Whitaker's dialogue was good. Oh, by the way, before I get into more dialogue, Donnie Yen looked great. I, I can't wait to see Donnie Yen. But the dialogue for, for Felicity Jones's character, although I love Felicity Jones, I love Theory of Everything. And she was fantastic in that movie. Her line where she's like, I rebel. A bit too cheesy, a bit too corny. And for the super serious tone that this that the trailer had, I feel like it didn't it, it, it didn't contrast well. It contrasted poorly. It was like, Oh, this is so cool, so cool. And it's like, I rebel. I'm like, I know you're supposed to be like the smart ass rebel archetype, I guess, but uh it, it it put me off for a bit. But Felicity Jones does does look great in the role. She has the shots of her blowing up the stormtroopers with her blaster. And I was like, holy shit, she's a badass. See, they should have just focused on doing only visual storytelling with this trailer. And just have Forrest Whitaker's line. Because everything visually in this trailer was fantastic. But when people opened their mouths and they weren't Forrest Whitaker. So I guess, I guess mainly. I actually, uh, Mon... Mon Moth Mothma was great when she talked, and and she, she looked just like Mon Mothma from New Hope, so that's fantastic. So I guess just when just when Felicity Jones talked, it was bad, which is which is not good, or not promising considering she's leading lead the film. But I, but I think she'll be great. She's a great actress. Gareth Gareth Edwards is a good good director. I guess he didn't handle human characters super well in Godzilla, but I feel like that's might be more of the script because Brian Cranston was great in God, Godzilla in the short screen time uh, screen time that he had so i feel like a good actor will be able to work with him well so i'm not too worried about her performance i, I think i think she'll kill it and that's also probably just because i have blind faith in anything that kathleen kennedy does uh produces with the star wars label on it after the force awakens uh the piano theme was kind of like you know okay we're it was effective, and then I and when when the two piano themes came together at the end of the trailer, I got chills. But beginning, I was like, "Oh, it's fine." But Ghostbusters just did it. Jurassic World just did it, where they have the old theme, they have the theme being the piano form to have it be eerie, and I guess it worked. But I was like, you know, I would I'd rather just have like the force theme in the background or have a different version of the force theme, I guess. But uh, it worked. It worked. It was fine. They, we, we get to see Ben Mendelsohn in a Grand Admiral uh, costume or attire. Uh, he looks fantastic in the two shots that he was in. 
Uh, people think that he might be Thrawn. He's not going to be Thrawn. I think Thrawn will be the villain of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. Because uh, some people, Luke's have been hinting towards that. And making a huge announcement and celebration. I feel like that would that would be it. They're going to have Thrawn be in Rebels. So he'll, he'll be canon, but he won't be in the main movies. Which is fine. Uh, you, you ha- yeah, If you're going to do Thrawn, you have to have the aesthetic. So the blue skin and red eyes. You just, you just have to do it. So, and... Disney's smart. Lucasfilm is smart. They're going. They know what the fans want, and they're not going to have Ben Ben Mendelsohn play Thrawn and not actually have the blue skin, which he doesn't in this movie. But it just means that he has the rank of Grand Admiral, which is still threatening as hell. So it works. So that's about all I have to say about the Rogue One teaser trailer. I'm really excited for it. Um. So like. There's, I liked everything I saw besides the one I rebel line and even the ATAT shot which got me really excited when I first saw it I was like oh it looks kind of like a fan film which I don't want this to look like a fan film I want this to look like like a big budget Hollywood production but I think it may have just been the grainy filter on that shot and I feel like I feel like when you see all this in context the movie will be great I still no doubt in my mind this movie will this movie will be great and if it's not great I'll be massive, massively disappointed but Lucasfilm has my complete faith, especially after after the Force Awakens and the, and the producing team that they have intact at Lucasfilm. I can't wait. This I'm sure this movie will be great. Speaking of movies, I'm sure that will be great. Next, we have the Civil War reactions out of the first press screening. I'm going to talk about that real quick. So, Captain America: Civil War, uh, the first Marvel film that's going to come out this year from the MCU. And the follow-up Marvel film after Ant-Man, which I adored Ant-Man, and I, I, I liked Age of Ultron, but I thought I thought it was I, I thought it was pretty pretty disappointing personally. But I liked a lot of stuff in Age of Ultron, but I loved Winter Soldier. So the Russo brothers are coming back to doing Civil War, and I, I basically just thought this movie would be great since they even announced it and they announced that for Captain America three, the Russo brothers were coming back. They announced Iron Man vs. Captain America, and I was like, I can't wait. They're actually doing Civil War. That's amazing. And just so you know, I, I haven't seen a trailer. I've only I've seen stills because of like YouTube thumbnails, and I've seen the last ten seconds of trailer two, which shows Spider Man. I want to see what Spider Man looks like, and he looks fine. But the reaction out of this press screening has been everyone's just raving about it. Everyone loves this movie. Only one critic came out and said that it was good not great, and that was most negative thing said about this movie, because the embargo is on the 13th for the review embargo, when today's the 11th, but the thing is, they had the ability to tweet, or Facebook, their thoughts, or I guess post to Facebook would be the correct, would be the grammatically correct way to say that, so they had the ability to post their thoughts on the social media, and many people did. Uh, Schnepp loved it. Uh, Christian Harloff had a really—I mean, he didn't say anything, but he like tweeted his um, his facial reaction, which the schmoes do from time to time. And he and he looked as if he was like freaking out. Scott Mance loved it. E- everyone that I follow loved the movie. Even a- a- Andy Sagnorsis said said it was really really good and not great. I think he said, or, or no, no, he said not per not perfect but great, and that's, I mean, that's what I expect, I didn't expect a perfect movie to come out of Captain America, a Civil War. A great movie is exactly what I wanted to hear. And apparently, 
Spider-Man, because I just mentioned him in the Spider-Man reveal. Apparently, he's the best part of the movie. Apparently, this is the best version of Spider-Man that we've ever seen. Uh, James Gunn saw the movie, like, two months ago and said that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man Marvel has ever, that's ever, ever been put on screen. And people were like, James Gunn, well, you work for Marvel. Of course, you're going to say that. But he said that if he doesn't like something, he's not going to say it, which I guess you could be like, oh, he's just going to lie. But... I don't know, I feel like James Gunn has, like, a more personable relation with his fans that he won't try to mislead them that way. And all the all these all these critics come out and say how much they love Spider-Man. I think that James Gunn was telling the truth. I think Tom Holland's gonna absolutely kill it. And to hear that he's better, apparently, than Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, who I both thought killed it as Spider-Man, I didn't, like... I love the first two Rami films. And I've disliked every other Spider-Man film that's came out. I thought I think the last three have been really poor, but I've but even in those, I think I think the Spider-Men in those films have been portrayed well. I think it's just the surrounding aspects of their films that have been screwed up royally by Sony. But apparently, it gave us Tom Holland, so maybe maybe it all works out in the end. I would have loved to have seen Andrew Garfield in this film, but I knew it would not have worked for continuity's sake. And everything I've heard about Tom Holland has been great, and not just for his Spider-Man role. Apparently, even like John Barenthal like loves the kid and says that he wants one of the like dedicated actors he's ever seen, especially at this age. So I just keep hearing all these great things about Tom Holland. I'm sure he's gonna absolutely kill it. Apparently, he like wisecracks during the during the during the final fight, or I'm not sure it's the final fight, but during the big fight that we see in the trailer, which is the airport fight, which most people are saying is the best comic book fight that has ever been put on screen, which is. Quite the claim, because there have been some great fights. Say what you want about Batman v Superman. I love that last fight. I think I love the last fight, Man of Steel. Those were both mind blowing for me personally. I know I know those are definitely divisive fights, but even like the last fight in Avengers or the last fight in Avengers: Age, Age of Ultron, those were both freak, freak, freakishly good. And apparently, apparently, it's better than than the than the fight sequences in Spider Man Two or like the X Men films, which is that's insane. People are saying that, that that airport fight is better than all those. So I have extremely high hopes for this scene, apparently. apparently I remember one person came, I forget exactly who, said that he would pay full price to watch a three-hour loop of the fight. Which, I mean, I would think that would get old, but apparently not. This person would, would actually want to do that. Which makes me extremely excited to see this fight. Apparently Black Panther is fantastic. I... I had full faith in Chadwick Boseman when, when he was announced at that one Marvel event. So I was like, sweet, Black Panther's in it, great, and apparently he's fantastic. I did hear one thing that you can clearly, apparently feel that the plot of the movie or the script was changed to shoehorn Spider-Man in, but Spider-Man is so good in the movie that it doesn't matter. Which, if that's the case, totally cool to me. If As long as Spider-Man works and I enjoy seeing him on screen, which I'm sure I will, I don't care if he was shoehorned in, I guess. And a lot of people are saying, saying, I remember John Campy, I said the plot of Winter Soldier is better. Civil War has better action and set pieces, but the plot's still really good. Or or at least he said the movie was flat, quote, flat out fantastic, so I assume the plot has to be good, if that's the case. So I'm really excited for Civil War. Other people said the plot's like complex and it's a mystery and it's really, really well done. I, I can't wait. It comes out in less than a month now, but... and. Marvel has such faith in this film. Like, like they, they, they've already premiered it for critics. The world premiere is next week. 
like, I know it's tomorrow. The world premiere of this movie is tomorrow, and the CinemaCon is going to have a screening this weekend. And I'm just hoping that, that there's a press screening in Portland so I can drive up and go see it. And hopefully, although Disney, Disney Advance tickets are really hard to get, so ho- hopefully I can, like, find them when those are given away. So, Apprentice Civil War is fantastic. Uh, I'll definitely review it when I, when I see it. Uh, I'm going to see it at the at the latest on, on opening day. Okay, so next things I want to talk about briefly is there we had the fantastic beast and where to find them trailer i was i was originally not going to watch this but now i was going to do this podcast and i was like you know i might as well do it so here i am talking about it so for for context i like the harry potter franchise i don't love it but i i like it uh i loved part one when i saw uh, definitely hollows part one when i saw it in theaters i didn't really care for part two because I thought part two was just nothing but action, which I like, would have worked if I like watched them back to back, but I didn't, which I know is like the super super minority opinion. But I haven't watched them since the theater, so my opinion could have easily changed since then. I just have, uh, and, I, and I will watch all of them this summer to prepare for Fantastic Beasts. Although they're not really connected, they do have the trailer was really good because it had a few subtle nods and some not so subtle nods to be like this. This isn't the Harry Potter franchise. They're like J.K. Rowling invites you to. To come back to, to 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 the wizarding world, you're like, oh, it's Harry Potter, and then they even say Dumbledore, and it's like, oh, it's Harry Potter. But if you don't get chills during that when the Hedwig theme plays, man, I'm not even that massive a Harry Potter fan. I just think Harry Potter's right, but I got chills like throughout my whole body when when the Hedwig theme played. Like it, it's that theme's so good. It's like hats off to John Williams. He's the greatest composer of all time. And even before I saw this trailer, I've been really looking forward to seeing the movie because I because I love Eddie Redmayne and I was like, oh, that's a really, that's a really interesting idea. And I, for a while, Newt's Commander was rumored to be Benedict Cumberbatch, or at least that's who everyone thought was going to play the role. And I'm like, oh, that could work really well. And then they announced Eddie Redmayne, and I adore Eddie Redmayne. I think he might be the most talented, or the I'm sure I'm sure to say it, but like he's been, I guess, the best actor of the last like two or three years. Like him and Michael Keaton. And a few other people, like, like, there's other people that's all on his level, but no one has impressed me more than Eddie Redmayne in the last two years with Theory of Everything and The Danish Girl. I didn't even care for The Danish Girl. I thought The Danish Girl was directed, I thought that The Danish Girl was paced very poorly, but everything else in the movie was fantastic. Like, it looked great, and the performances by Alicia Vikander and uh, uh, Eddie Redmayne were both mind-blowing in that movie. It was pure Oscar bait. But it was fine because, like, uh, I don't mind watching Oscar bait if it's well done. It was well done in that case. Just it was paced poorly, and that was why I didn't get as many nominations as it could have. But Eddie Redmayne, I thought Eddie Redmayne could have won again last year. Like, he was so good. Like, if you would have asked me, oh, who who do you think was better, Leonardo DiCaprio or Eddie Redmayne? I would say Eddie Redmayne the Danish Girl. I thought he was more impressive to me. Personally, but I'm completely cool that with Leo winning because it's Leonardo DiCaprio and they weren't that far apart. Like it wasn't like oh, Eddie Redmayne was so much better. I thought he was just slightly better. And last year was a pretty weak year for Best Actor besides besides Fassbender, but he wasn't gonna win. So it's it's like so yeah, this trailer though is really good. Uh, the Hedwig theme happened when that happened. I got chills. I'm excited for the American setting. It's going to be really interesting seeing the wizarding world in, in America. 
And this is the first of a trilogy, and J.K. Rowling wrote the script. So this is all from her mind. David Yates, I think, is the director. He's coming back to the, to the Harry Potter franchise, the Wizarding World franchise, it might be called now, to direct this. He did the last, like, he did everything that was Goblet of Fire on in the Harry Potter franchise. So he took what Alfonso Cuaron established in Prisoner of Azkaban and then kind of made his own, but, made, like, but had the same tone, which was good because he had the consistent tone for the rest of the films. And he's going to do that, do that again here. And I'm just really excited for this. And Redmayne's going to kill it. I think Colin Farrell, I saw, this movie, I saw I was in this movie, and she's, I think he's going to kill it. Everyone I saw like looks the part. It has that like quirky Harry Potter humor to it. Uh, especially when he's like getting his bag checked out, or he's getting his briefcase checked out, and it's and, and, and like the Muggle proof, or like or like the Muggle version checker. I only saw the trailer once. Pops up I'm like, oh, that's cute. And like, and then as the Hedwig thing plays, and like all its actions happening, I'm like, holy shit, this movie! I'm so much more excited than I was two days ago for this movie. I thought it looked tight, and now I'm like really excited. This movie's gonna be great. She needs to be great because Warner Brothers is doing so poorly. Just quick, quick side note: Batman Superman, which I I love that movie, but I understand why, why people don't like it. It lost to the Boss in its third week, and like that, like that, that that's embarrassing, Warner Brothers. But hopefully, the, the DCEU can be redeemed in most people's eyes because the Suicide the Suicide Squad comes out in August, and that that Comic Con footage looked really good. The trailer one was incredible and trailer two while not being as good as trailer one is still awesome and because we had all those suicide squad reshoot rumors and people were like oh every single joke in the movie was in that first trailer they have to make it funnier well it's nice to see that they're able to shoot like what the 10 jokes that are in this suicide squad trailer in 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 the last week, if we're if we're gonna believe all those rumors, I don't believe that they're going to make it more fun. I think that they're going to improve the action, like Jai Courtney said. This movie looks awesome. The shot of Batman jumping had me like freak out, and you can clearly tell that they're trying to take advantage of the positive reception that Batman received in this from the, from uh, Batman Superman. Because even people that don't like the movie were like, "Oh yeah, Ben Affleck as Batman killed it." Even people that don't like his depiction of Batman said Ben Affleck killed it as Batman. It was just that he shouldn't be, like, killing people, which I I agree. He shouldn't be killing people. That's dumb. But Batman looks great. And they even, like, have, like, the last shot before Suicide Squad is the Batmobile. And then and there's a shot of Batman where he's, like, carrying Harley Quinn. I was like, Batman's in this movie a lot more than I thought he was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, in one scene, and he might still be only in one scene. But it looks like he's going to be in, like... Wait, edit this trailer. Looks, looks like he's gonna be in it a bit more than he was in Assault on Arkham, which is called Batman Assault on Arkham, which if you don't know is 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 a Suicide Squad animated film with with Batman is in it for like six minutes, and they have it be Batman Assault on Arkham so so they, so they could sell more copies. Which I was recently I saw it, and I was like, well, Batman's not even in this, but I love but the Suicide Squad's so interesting. So I like I I thought I thought the movies were actually really really well done. And as for the Suicide Squad live action film, Shiller sounds good as the last one, but it's still very promising. There's a lot of actually funny humor in this movie. Uh, one thing I did like, and I guess I just realized it's similar to that joke in The Force Awakens, where Finn asks when uh, if 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 Rey has a boyfriend. 
they, they do that joke in this trailer as well, and I laughed as well. Like, I can't believe I like Jai Courtney in this. He looks fantastic. I I hate Jai Courtney. Like, I hate Terminator Genesis. I know it's called Gen- Genesis. I don't care. It's, I call it Genesis. That movie is such garbage, and I hate it, and Jai Courtney was so horrible in it. I was like, I was like, Jai Courtney's in Suicide Squad? Are you kidding me? Like, he's gonna be awful. And then, as soon as I saw him, I was like, no, he's... He actually, he actually looks like, like he, like he, Jay Courtney could be a very, a very promising side man, like, or side character actor, but not, he, he is not a leading man in this industry, please stop trying to make it happen, Fetch has more of it, has more of it, has a high probability of actually catching on than Jay Courtney as a leading man, like, come on. Oh, I also really, really like the last gig or the last gag, not gig, the last gag at the end, where they're all, like, getting their drinks, and I'm like, oh, this movie's gonna be a lot funnier than all than, than, than all these damn reshoot rumors have been telling me, and I'm excited for that. It's called, it is kind of weird that a movie called Suicide Squad is gonna be more fun than a movie called Batman Superman, but, you know, it's whatever. I think that DC, I, I think when this movie comes out, I think it'll be a huge hit, and people, people will be back on board for the DCEU. Which, speaking of, Justice League starts filming today. <laughs> Snyder made it. His job, his job secure, unless he's going to be taken off mid-project Richard Donner style. Which I guess could still happen, but I don't think so. I think, I think we're going to get a Justice League film, part one, directed by Zack Snyder. For better or for worse, I, I'm cool with that. I'm sure I'll love it, because I love Man of Steel, and I really, really like Batman Mysterio Man. I don't love Batman Mysterio Man anymore, but I'm still, like, a big fan of it, and I can't wait for the ultimate cut. I feel like it's very misunderstood at points, but I can definitely understand why people aren't a fan of it, but I personally am a huge fan of that movie. And then Man of Steel is, like, my fifth, fifth favorite co- comic book movie. I've seen the movie ten times. I still give it a perfect, or a five out of five score. A five, five out of five for me is a five, five out of five enjoyment factor, by the way. It's not, like, a perfect movie. It has issues, but those issues don't, like, don't impact my enjoyment of the film. But we're gonna. But so if we're gonna get to see Zack Snyder finish out his trilogy, as Chris Terrio called it, because Chris Terrio sees Man of Steel, Batman Superman, uh, and Justice League as like a trilogy of sorts, which is interesting a way to put it. I thought I thought that I thought Chris Terrio did a good job running BVS. I thought it was just like way too massive in terms of what they tried to do with the scope, because you it would be has to be three and a half hours with all all they tried to f- cram into it. And it wasn't, so people just missed important information because it's very fast-paced. But I feel like now that... Because BVS was the, their Iron Man 2. I think it's all better than Iron Man 2. But it was their Iron Man 2 in the case that... In the sense that... Not case. In the sense that, that this was them just trying to set the universe. And this was their catch-up movie to Marvel. And I feel like they have caught up in... Not in terms of the character development, but in terms of the world building, and we know what the world's built. We know what happened in the past. Like death in the family happened. Uh, the killing joke, because of the lead scene rumors, probably happened. Like there's a lot of big stories that that we know are coming or or have the potential to come. Like there's so many things that the movie has caught up. I feel like when Suicide Squad drops, people will be like, okay. Okay, we're back in the DCEU. I think Wonder Woman will be great. The set footage from that film looks like spectacular. So I think Wonder Woman will be great. People will be all in the DCEU when Justice League comes out. 
And then if Chris Terrio just wrote a like more tight script this time, which I think he did, like like this was the one that David S. Gore had no involvement in. So unless Chris Terrio just sucks at writing, which I don't think he, I don't, which I, I don't think he does. I actually I've liked both movies that he's written. I think that J- Justice League will be the movie that people that people universally agree on. At least that's my hope. Is that going to happen? Probably not. But the DCEU had some slate changes. So Wonder Woman got moved up a few weeks, which means they have both. I mean, you could frame it, oh, they have more confidence. Or it's like, oh, Transformers 5 comes out that same day, and then Spider-Man reboot comes out two weeks later. Let's avoid those. So moving up a few weeks to have some breathing room for those two just monsters that are going to come out in 2017. So I think like June 3rd or something like that, June 3rd, 2017. And I mean, I'll be there day one. I loved Wonder Woman in BVS. I thought she was fantastic. So I'm really excited to see the Wonder Woman solo film. There's also two new dates. One is October 5th, 2018, and November 1st, 2019. These are untitled W or D, untitled DC DC Extended Universe films, I think is what they're titled. Or like what they're labeled as. One of these is the solo Batman film, because Ben Affleck has written a Batman film with Jeff Johns, and it's complete. It's probably been greenlit internally in Warner Brothers, and they're gonna announce it at Comic Con. I can I like I'll literally bet anything anything in that that's that's what's gonna happen i think that's the 2018 date and 2019 i think is man of steel 2 it could be lobo i guess secondly but i think i think i think november 1st 2019 could could be the man of steel 2 date because hopefully hopefully by, by that point people warm up to snyder's superman probably they probably won't because people still hate superman for, for i guess some valid reasons some reasons that i don't understand but there's plenty of valid reasons not to like him, I suppose. But for me, I, I adore Sonic Superman. So I'm really excited if that's the case. If it's not a Man of Steel sequel, I don't know what this November 1st date's gonna be. Or if the Batman is gonna be November 1st, I don't know what the October 5th date's gonna be. Like, It's really interesting. They also, also, WV has an untitled event film for August 2017. How have they not announced what that's gonna be yet? But I'm sure that will also be a pretty big announcement at Comic-Con as well for them. Because they haven't announced what the event film's going to be. And, let's see. Yeah, that's about it for this first episode. I have a few other things I could talk about. But I'll, I talked about them in the Movie Backlog podcast. So if you want to hear me talk about the Kingsman teaser poster. Which, I guess, short story short. If they're going to bring the major death back from Kingsman 1. I... Uh, I, I'm against it on paper, but I have full faith in Matthew Vaughn. And the Edge of Tomorrow sequel, Green Greenlit, makes me incredibly excited because I love the first film. If you want to hear me talk about those more in detail, go check out the, the movie Backlot podcast. And now I'm, I'm going to uh, con- conclude the show. Thank you thank you all for listening to the pilot episode. All of your feedback will be uh, very much appreciated. Uh, link, in, link in the description. I'm going to have the Podbean link and also a link to iTunes when it is up on iTunes. I'm sure I'm going to also get this on Stitcher as soon as I can. Uh, uh, subscribe on YouTube if you haven't at youtube.com slash the Apple Cow Prodigy. Uh, I'm also going to be working on some more, uh, I guess, more high-end series, like series that takes that, t- that take like multiple weeks to produce. But those will be going up on my channel soon. I'm not going to announce what they are yet, but I am, I am in the works of make, creating those. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Dylan Mickenin, D-Y-L-A-N-M-I-C-K-A-N-E-N. 
uh, uh, tweet at me questions and I can answer them on the podcast. Uh, if, if I don't answer, if I don't answer them on this podcast, I'll answer them throughout uh, throughout tweets and we can have like a little Twitter conversation. I have a good time talking about that. Uh, I am going to try to find a co-host to talk about the about the NBA soon. So I'm going to try to find someone. My co-host in mind is busy for the next few weeks because of school. It's completely fair. School is more important than this. So, uh, so, I, so he, he he will be on once all his once all his testing's done. But for as of right now, my NBA podcast might be solo pod, so I can't find anyone. But who knows? Uh, I, uh, I will I will update that situation on the next podcast. So uh, thank thank you all for listening. If you if you if this podcast is on iTunes at this point, please go. Give me a give me a rating and comment on that. I, I'll, I'll read all the comments, and I'm really excited. I'm just really excited to do this whole podcast. I think it's gonna be a really fun time. I'm gonna have plenty of guests on. I'm gonna be able to upload more more uh, frequent content about things I'm actually passionate about. So thank you all for listening. Uh, comment also comment below on YouTube. I will also be reading those and responding. Uh, love you all and goodbye.